Hello and welcome back to Talking Flutes Extra. The baseball without the ball, the double espresso without the coffee bean, the flute without the keys, or simply the extra podcasts which are sandwiched every other week between the real Talking Flute ones by the lovely Claire Southworth. I'm John Paul Wright. Uh, This week on TF Extra we have the joke of the week and I'm back by request another interview with Jose Valentino about the National Flute Convention, or the NFA as we call it, being held in Orlando the 9th to the 12th of August. I have my flight and hotel booked, so I'm really looking forward to meeting all of you. Oops, all of you. All of you. Who are planning to go this year? We obviously can't have a flute convention without a Talking Flutes Extra podcast. So my aim is to upload a TF Extra live, the date of which has yet to be confirmed. However, make sure you are following either our Facebook page, which is at Trevor James Flutes, or our Instagram page at TJ Flutes, or even my own Twitter account at Flute. Yes, you've heard that correctly. The generic F-L-U-T-E at Flute. So, questions which have been sent in from our listeners. I've received one from a Duke Hanford who lives in Toronto in Canada, who says of the last TF Extra podcast, it was really good to listen to Carla Reese and to know that it's okay to experiment and break down barriers. My question is, when can you do this? Ah, right, Duke. Now this is an interesting question, as I guess there really isn't a right or wrong time to experiment on your flute. You don't mention how old you are, Duke, so I would point out that if you are in full-time education and still having flute lessons, then it's important that you do not forget to do the fundamentals and to continue to listen and then act on what your flute teacher is wanting you to study and practice for the next lesson. You may have a fascination or a drive for contemporary music, however you really do need to be proficient on the instrument before you can hope to break down, and I use that break down in inverted commas, any barriers with your flute playing. If you're not in full-time education, you're not in structured flute lessons, then Duke... Go for it. That is my only word of advice. Go for it, experiment, and enjoy the journey. Another message, this time been sent via our Trevor James Facebook page, and concerns a mum called Lottie Braithwaite, who has just started playing the flute again after many years out. And Lottie says, Hello, I've just started playing the flute again. A friend has lent me an old flute of theirs after many years away and just wanted to know if you had any recommendations. I used to play the flute at school 27 years ago, but gave up when I left and went to university and subsequently had a family. Any references or ideas gratefully received? Well, hi Lottie. Firstly, congratulations on taking the flutey tooty up again after such a long break. Over the years, I've met so many people who tell me that they once played the flute and really enjoyed it, and they're quite sad they gave up. When I ask them why they haven't restarted, they invariably tell me that they've been too busy, they wouldn't know where to start, they're a bit afraid to go into a music dealer, find a flute, get a flute teacher, and it's all too structured, and they just want to be able to go back and enjoy it again. See, the thing is, if you want to buy a flute, you would normally go to a specialist flute dealer, because you know you would get the attention, and they will fit a flute to you. I know it's quite easy nowadays to buy a flute online, But the problem is you really don't know what you're going to get. And if you buy a really cheap one, the chances are the head joint won't be very forgiving. The pads may leak. The instrument may have a soft mechanism and you really are not getting bang for your buck. 
So I think bottom line is, unless you know the flutes you're going to buy secondhand, that go into a dealer and just check the flutes out. Now, you've already got one, Lottie, so this isn't an issue. And I do get your point about structured teaching and structured lessons. However, there's lots of flute teachers out there who understand and appreciate that teaching a returner or a rebooter is sometimes a different process to teaching a real beginner. However, I would say there is nothing wrong with approaching flute playing again, especially after a 27-year break, as a beginner, because I think you'd be surprised how quickly you will improve. And that's why I would recommend a teacher. Saying that, we are all aware there are so much online resources out there for virtually everything. I reckon even I can learn how to perfect making macarons and fix a broken car engine from a YouTube video. You know, there is virtually nothing that isn't available on that resource. But there are two specific websites which I will recommend, and both have been devised and published online by Claire Southworth, the host of the Talking Flutes podcasts. A few years ago, Claire launched a website aimed at people like you, Lottie, returning flute players who have a knowledge of flute playing but who didn't know where to start again. They could have left because they started a family, they gave up during school or college or university, and just fancy coming back to a skill that they used to have many, many years ago. The website is called fluterebootcom F-L-U-T-E-R-E-B-O-O-T, and its aim is simply to help you reboot your flute playing. At Flute Reboot, there are lessons, videos, and music especially written for the website to accompany you. So it's very easy to work through the lessons at your own pace and in the comfort of your own home. The other website I'd recommend is called kickstartflute.com. This is a website where you can play duets with Claire Southworth, no matter how long you've been playing. Claire commissioned the fantastic English composer Andy Scott to write lots of flute duets in different genres. So you can have classical, pop, jazz, rock, etc. The parts are not hard. What they do do is enable you to play along with another flute player, which will improve your sense of rhythm, listening and also tuning. So let's take a listen at one of the duets from kickstartflute.com. sure you'll agree that has a bounce and a feel that it'd be great for learners beginners people coming back to flute playing or generally any flute player fluterebootcom and kickstartflute.com Hello, London. Do you have a clean joke for me? Yeah, I've got mine here for all you fluty tooty types, yeah. Go on, then. What's the, what's the definition of optimism? Oh, I don't know. What is the definition of optimism? A bass flute player with a mobile phone.
Oh, dear, dear. Do you know I like that one? <laughs> right, now, as I move over to my laptop, if you give me a few moments, I'd like to put my headphones on. As here, looking at me with his usual huge grin and loads to say, is the one and only Dr. Jose Valentino. Yay! Welcome back, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> He's not saying anything. He's not saying anything. Speak, Joey, speak. <laughs> I'm speaking, I'm speaking. Do you hear me? I can, I can hear you, yep. And you're showing up on the input, which is very different than you were 10 minutes ago when we tried to do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. The last time we spoke on a dedicated Talking Flutes Extra podcast with you, we've received loads. And I mean, we'd, for a podcast, you know, we, we average probably six or seven comments per week. But we've had nearly 30, well, nearly 37. We've had 37 based on your lovely podcast last time. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, the, the fact that you, uh, you spoke about it from the heart, you spoke about music as not being linear. The fact that you spoke about you had to bring in passion, you had to bring a vision, you had to have movement, you had to have a belief in your own ability and not compare yourself to others, but try and find your own route in, into your music, and only then really become truly individual and all that stuff. And so, not surprisingly, we've had requests to do some more with you in the future. Oh. Well, that's fantastic, and I'm here, ready to go. Yeah, I mean, for an hour-long podcast, which is probably double what we would normally do, I'm, you obviously didn't send any of them to sleep. <laughs> well... You know, I think it's a. I think that podcast speaks on a lot of uh, topics that are very pertinent to the development of a lot of artists, and uh, you know, at, at the heartstrings of what they're thinking about and and what they're dealing with. And so, I think uh, perhaps that's why the length of the podcast didn't matter so much, as opposed to the depth of the podcast. No, I totally agree. And having seen you on one of your Skype sessions with your students. There's no way that any of those would fall asleep because you don't <laughs> you don't speak like a normal university professor looking at a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> exactly. No, no. It's important to engage them and, and uh I always say that I'm a student focused professor. That should sound redundant, but unfortunately it's it's not all the time. You know, people become professors for different reasons. But there are student focused professors out there. And I like to think that I'm one of them because uh, I don't invest my time. I invest my life for these students and their dreams are my dreams. So that's what it's all about for me is cultivating the artistic identity and help them become more marketable pre-graduation while blessing others along the way. Uh, Joey, I just noticed before we go on to what the reason I've actually dialed into you today. Congratulations on Lee University and the Downbeat nominations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, they're not nominations, they're awards. But, hey, you uh, got the awards. Well, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the award for my student got um, best studio engineered recording, the undergraduate level. And then he got an outstanding recording, which is second place for live recording. It's just different techniques that are used in recording. And then we got outstanding performance, which is second place undergraduate level for blues pop rock category and then outstanding performance for the small jazz group category so hey i'll take it you know and uh, the students are abundantly grateful and blessed and you know they're seeing the fruits of their labor they work so hard work so passionately 
uh, we made an album for them, and you know, students have been gigging nonstop now since since that. And it's not so much the award that has validated their their musicianship. I told them, even if we don't get any type of accolades, I'm very proud of you guys. And I think the creative process, and then also the vision conceptualization of the recording projects that we were undergoing, the, the challenge to actually execute this thing and then bring it into life. They know, they realize the value and the, the growth that has manifested through the embarkation of student-professor collaboration. That sounded very concise. <laughs> <laughs> but no no i mean i've spoken to some of your students and you know they are extremely motivated but motivated beyond just studying they're motivated to find out their true individuality and as a teacher that, yeah. is, that is obviously what you bring them bring out in them so joey the real reason i'm ringing is to talk about the nfa convention That's the, the national farm association <laughs> Is there a National Farm Association, is there? There is. There is. <laughs> Have they got convention? Oh, the National Flute Association. <laughs> is the okay. Farm Convention in Orlando at the same month? Oh, really? Well, there you go. <laughs> make sure I, I'll make sure I put it on my GPS to not get it confused. <laughs> yeah, the National Flute Association Convention taking place at the Hyatt Regency. Stop making me laugh. Hyatt Regency Hotel in Orlando on the 9th to 12th of August. Because... Last year in Minneapolis, we had such a... Hang on, no, I'll, I'll go back a bit. You had such a blast, and I sort of followed on with the melee and the and the actual chaos you caused in the showcase. And you not only packed out the, the Trevor James showcase, but I'm delighted to say that you're scheduled on Saturday morning, the 11th of August, at 10.30 to 10.55, to turn the volume and movement up an additional notch with Dancia Flute Off 2.0. So what do you have in wow. store for us this year? And what happened last year to get everybody to turn up? <laughs> well, uh, what happened last year with Dancer Flute Off, essentially it was a pilot test, an experiment. We wanted to see the receptivity of people, you know, to go to an exhibition or that, that really focused not so much on the flute, but on encouraging people to be free to express themselves through movement while listening to flute music. And you think about the the history of the flute and how it was played. It wasn't just played by simply putting the tube close to your mouth and then blowing some hot air. You know, it, it also involved movement, it involved dancing. And so for millennia, people have always danced and performed on the flute. It's just, it's actually the natural way to play the instrument. You see the classic pictures of Pan and he looks like he's dancing, you know, and uh, that Coco Pelli is the same thing. And there's, the list could go on and on. But for whatever reason, over the years, people have become stuck to looking at a stand and, you know, performing and reciting. And that's why they call it a recital, because they're just they're reciting what they're reading. And I feel like uh, it's important, while that there's value to that, you know, uh, especially for preservation of historical pieces or more meaningful pieces, I think it's also meaningful for people to uh, let their guard down and actually have this word. It's a new word. It's called fun. <laughs> so actually have some fun, you know, and play the flute. It's almost like so much of the, the reason why people go and study is because their aim is not to play the flute, but to perform on the flute. And so play has a different connotation, at least for me. And I think it's important for musicians 
to play more and to have fun and to express themselves. And not only through uh, music that they create or improvise or compose themselves, but also through movement and, and incorporating other types of arts uh, integrated with making flute music. So the reason for the exhibition, an 18-minute presentation of Dancer Flute Off, and essentially what I did is perform a few of my original compositions, and then I played that classic Despacito, which, you know, reached something like 5 billion views on on YouTube. And, and it, it was kind of uh, appropriate because uh, those are Puerto Rican artists and myself being Puerto Rican, I just thought it was kind of fitting to kind of represent my country at the same time uh, while getting everybody to dance. But um, yeah, but you're talking about the uh, N- you're talking about the NFA, Joey, where all type of flute music is played from Baroque to contemporary. I actually don't believe sure. I don't believe many people in that packed out. I mean, it was rammed, wasn't it? That packed out room knew what was going to hit them and what they would end no. up what they would end up doing because I am going to be posting closer to the NFA the video of last year where everybody, no matter of age or how they came in, were up dancing. That not one person knew really what they were letting themselves in for. Yeah, it's important to I think give presentations that encourage people to bring out the inner child. And uh, you know, the dance your food off presentation I believe did that. Uh, even to this day, I still get comments and you know direct messages from attendees. That they say that they feel more free now just to be expressive. But in terms of the music and the actual presentation, what we did, I mean, there was just a little bit of choreography that I did while uh, performing. And choreography, you know, normally means more than just one person. But uh, so Giovanni Perez, my colleague, brother from another mother also assisted me uh, with this presentation. And so, you know, we had our, our simple dude moves, is what I like to call it, <laughs> dude moves, where we're, like, going left and right, and all right, cool, just keep it within the box. But, yeah, but Joey, it doesn't know. work. I tried to do it. It doesn't work. I can't, I can't <laughs> move like you guys. You're born to dance. Well, and, and you know, as we're improvising and we're, we're making all these movements and just kind of expressing ourselves, improvising moves based on the get ready for this word the tessitura of our melodies you know what i mean so if we're going up i mean maybe we'll do like a movement like sweep or whatever we just let the rhythm take over and we did a lot of call and response a lot of different things like that which you know really is ancient practice from the continent of africa i mean you know i play something you mimic me or you know there's a call and response and so people really enjoyed it it it's certainly for all the spectators i think Really quickly, they they would have learned that there's no room for critique or commenting because, you know, the focus wasn't even so much about the flute as it is about having a party and, you know, letting go of the ego. So, yeah. So how are you going to ratchet up one notch this year? How are you going to take what you did last year and how are you going to bring even more energy? Because that was great. Well... Well, Jean-Paul, <laughs> uh, I stumped you here. <laughs> I mean, the thing, no, you didn't stump me. The, the thing is, is that there's wisdom in, in uh, reserving things for uh, the actual moment, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, Energy is live, yep. Sure, sure. You know, and, and uh, I think, for example, let's talk about basketball for a second, because I'm very avid about uh, just the sport of basketball, avid fan. Uh, Michael Jordan, I mean... Uh, you know, people argue all the time that whether or not he's the greatest basketball player versus, you know, the, the LeBron James of today. 
But at the end of the day, I think it's sort of a, not, a, not a fair argument because they lived in different eras. But what Michael Jordan did is that he was an innovator. He changed the game. And part of innovation means is that everybody else will follow. You know what I mean? And so hopefully I have inspired other people to up their game and to try new things in terms of presenting new ways, uh, new ways of presenting flute music or even marketing strategy or whatever. So, I mean, you could definitely expect, you know, high intense levels of energy, of enthusiasm, an array of music that is specifically going to compel you to dance, even if you don't qualify yourself as a dancer. Uh, it's going to happen. And watch out, because I have a tendency to <laughs> call you up uh, <laughs> out of your chair and come dance with me, or I'll just go to you directly. So... Yeah, I, I know you, you're, because you're such a disciplined guy, you always have a structure. But within that structure, you allow complete spontaneity. And that, well, is, that is, is the key, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, key, the key is to make it look like there's no structure. But there is. You know what I mean? It's, it's all a part of the plan. It's all a part of the plan. I make you feel like it's, you know, uh, oh, this just happened. No, it, it's all thought out, but it's important to be sensitive to new directions that the music can take you, you know, that the audience can take you as well. So uh, there, there is a, a level of spontaneity that I always give room for, because what if the audience wants to go a different direction? Or what if we're in the middle of an awesome groove and nobody really wants to hear the next song just yet? Well, we have to accommodate. You know, ah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, is that it's why, awesome. Is, is that why you made Desposito go around twice, just because everybody was up and everyone was grooving? Exactly. Now it took you a year later to figure that one out. <laughs> <see>? <laughs> Look, I'm old and I'm English, so you know we we, we take oh. long we take longer to come to the party. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, did it? So it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. I know and. And also, don't forget that one person attending the Dance Your Flute Off 2.0 showcase will walk away with one of our fabulous award-winning TJ Dalto flutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's another event, in addition to Dance Your Flute Off, that we're participating in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what is it? Three of the, three of the artists are Trevor James artists as well, and that's the cabaret. And it's going to be myself Gina Luciani, who's an extraordinary flutist, arranger, and uh, the innovator of flute video madness on social media. Just She's incredible in so many ways. We have Giovanni Perez, brother from another mother. And we have the legendary, the iconic, the godfather of us all, Jim Walker, also. So it's a quartet. The name of the ensemble is J2G2. So two J's, two G's. That sounds like a non that, sorry, that sounds like a non-alcoholic drink, Jerry. <laughs> I'll have the J2G2, please. Yes. But uh, we're, our performance is actually entitled A Night of Latin Jazz, Hollywood Music, and Pop. So it's going to be an exciting time where we're going to feature uh, some of Gina's Hollywood arrangements for the flute quartet and some other special things. And then we're going to perform some music from the We Are One album that I did with Jim Walker. And then uh, we got some dancing madness that we're gonna do. We have we have a couple secrets I can't give away, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be really really fun. And do you know I've I've got I a bone I've got a bone to pick with you on on uh, We Are One. You know I've had that oh, I've happened? had that music a year, Joey. Come on, can you yeah. write something that we can all play? 
Well, you know, if I make everything playable, then, you know, how, where, where's the, how, how are people going to distinguish me? You know, so got to come up with something a little bit challenging. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a great NFA convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a blast. You're going to be wandering around creating havoc as you always do. Exactly. Yeah. When I go there, it's going to be the NFA, the National Fun Association. And I, Yeah. And I love that. And you ramp up the volume. I think we, we have the loudest showcase, well, probably the loudest, the loudest concert out of everybody's. But it has nothing to do with the music. It has everything to do with the audience cheering. Uh, yeah, you've got it in one. Yeah, and it happened last year. And that's when the doors kept on opening. People were looking Yeah, <laughs> The doors are open. Come on in. Welcome home. So we look forward to everybody, and I mean everybody, coming to the Dance Your Flute Off 2.0 at the NFA on Saturday morning, the 11th of August at 10.30, 10.55. Don't be late because you won't be able to get in. Hey, I can't wait to see everyone. I can't wait to... You know, give a big hug around people's necks, and and uh, yeah, so no hesitation. Come on in and see me, and I can't wait to meet you. And for those who unfortunately can't make it to Orlando, we will be live feeding it. There's no excuse for not joining in at home. Exactly. There's no excuse. You have to be there. Be there. Or, tune in. Yeah, tune in and be there or be square. <laughs> exactly. And. Uh, Jean-Paul's already square, so we don't need another one. We are. I'm... <laughs> do you know what we call it over here? You know what we call it over here? What do you call it? L7. Call it? L7. So... Oh, I see it. The L7. Yeah. It's a polite way of saying that that person's square. They're L7. <laughs> yeah, I see it. <laughs> All I want to be able to do is move my hips like you Latin guys. You know, I want to be, se- oh, I want to be sexy. I'm English. I want to be sexy. It's well, very hard. You know, the, you know, the secret to that is hula hoop dancing. You know, that's how we move the hips. It's all about the hula hoop dancing, hula hoop training. Just get a hula hoop and see if you can balance it. If you can do it, your hip. If I can, get, if I can get one in Orlando when I arrive, I'm going to bring one on to showcase. Yeah. I, and the, maybe we can start dancing and meet Mickey and, and hula hoop our way to see Mickey. That will be really cool. <laughs> While playing our flutes. <laughs> We've gone on such a tangent. All right. Yeah. See you later, everyone. Sir Joey, Lord Sir Joey, Doctor, great to catch up. And thank you for joining me on this ungodly hour in Orlando. <laughs> All right. See ya. Take care. As we draw to a close with the Talking Flutes Extra podcast this week, I'd like to say a very big thank you for listening and to draw your attention to Claire's Talking Flutes podcast next week. Claire is in dialogue with the inspirational flute player, conductor, educator and humanitarian Wissam Bustani. So don't forget to give the Talking Flutes podcast channel a like, to follow us and to share, as this is really is the best way for all flute players to be able to find us. Yes, we're on the recommended list on many of the podcast channels, but we want people that are just browsing to be able to find us. And the more people that like and follow us, the easier it is, due to the algorithms, for the newbies to locate us. Thank you once again, and may your coming week be great for you personally and also for your flute playing. Goodbye.
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are a podcast production by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.